Amen and amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen and amen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, and you are welcome to Thrive. Yes, you're welcome to Thrive. If today is your first time joining us online, do give a thumbs up in the channel that you're joining us on, and we'll be more than happy to say welcome. If today is your first time, we want to invite you, do join us online or physically at the HQ on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., and we'll be so glad to welcome you physically. Welcome again to everyone. Today, we are in part seven of the book of James. The study of the book of James has been so, so deep and I've enjoyed every bit of it. And I pray that even as we engage today, God will teach us himself in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So let us pray. Our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we want to thank you for another time in your presence. Lord, we ask that you will come and breathe upon your word Teach us yourself, Holy Spirit. Come and do that which only you can do. And let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Okay, so last week, a quick recap. Pastor Abami, um, in part six of the book of James, taught us, I'm just going to pick out two things, says that we should come with the right motive to serve. And that the second thing is the Bible instructs us to teach. So we are all teachers. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So this week, we will be looking at the concluding part of chapter 3 of the book of James. And we will look at verses 13 to 18. I will be reading from the message translation. James chapter 3, verses 13 through to 18. I read, Do you want to be counted wise, to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourselves sound wise isn't wisdom. The farthest thing, it's the farthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish plotting. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, Things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throats. Verse 17 to 18. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, 
overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Okay, so let's dig in. It says, do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what to do. Three things jump out at us. It says, number one, live well. Number two, live wisely. And number three, live humbly. It is the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. So it is, so for the way of life, it is the way you live. The examples you show in the things that you do, not what you say. So it's not um, do as I say, but do as I do. I am a walking example of how to live. That's what the Bible is telling us here. The way you live, the way you live, not the way you talk. It is the way you live, the way people see you live. That is how to build a reputation for wisdom. So watch me do and not just listen to what I say. The, the Passion Translation says, advertise your wisdom by its fruits. So wisdom has fruits. Advertise with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. You know, and someone puts it this way, living wisely is the ability to apply what we know about God to our lives. It takes the knowledge in our head to our heart so that it can influence our action. It takes the knowledge from here, takes it to our heart, and it influences our action. You know, and it is said that out of the heart proceeds everything, you know, what you say, what you do, how you behave, it's all stored up in your heart. So how much knowledge you have in your head translates into your heart and comes out and influences your action. So it makes us ask the question, what knowledge are we consuming? Because the world is throwing so much out there at us, so much. But what knowledge are we consuming? Because if we're not deliberate about the knowledge that we are consuming, it is clear from this reading that it affects and influences our action. It affects and influences our action. So one of our take-homes today should be to be deliberate about what we are consuming, the content, what knowledge are we consuming. You know, and the ability to control yourself, even after you have gained this knowledge, the ability to control yourself. You know, you walk into a room and people are having conversations and you get to see people that say, oh, I know this one, I know that one. And you just keep quiet and you're smiling. Like, okay, please go on. That's wisdom right there. Because a wise person is teachable. You want to learn more. Oh, you do know this topic, you're very versed in it. 
do go ahead and speak. I'd like to learn some more. But an unwise person would open their mouth and say, I know more than you. I'm going to tell you stuff that even you don't know. No. The ability to control yourself, live wisely, gain the knowledge, and then express it in your action. That's what the Bible is telling us here. You know, and we also see that in Jesus. Jesus, I mean, Jesus is the Son of God. He knew everything. God revealed everything to him, yet he controlled himself with the, with, the, with the amount of knowledge that God had revealed to him. He is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus knew everything. He knows everything. Yet while he was here on earth in human form, he controlled himself. He could easily have destroyed all the people that were trying to crucify him, the people that were saying all sorts of things. But no, Jesus was on a mission. He was on a mission. And he, his mission he fulfilled. And one of the examples he laid for us was stay focused. Stay focused and be true to what God has called you to do. You know, many times he could have used this power to shut people up, but he, did it, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. You know, so for me, when you have the power to destroy another person, yet you just smile and you move on. That is real power. That is real wisdom. You just smile because God has not told you to speak. You know, I think Pastor Abami shared that um, um, when she took the part six of someone that's, um, that God said, oh, don't talk. And, you know, I'm just summarizing it. So that is wisdom. And that's why when he asked Jesus, are you the, the king? Are you the Messiah? Are you? He said, you have said it. Then after a while, I just kept quiet. Like, I can't keep repeating myself to these people. That is wisdom. You know, and it makes me, it reminds me of when um, one of the teachings where Papi said, if we, we should choose, if we're asked to choose between having Jesus physically with us and having the Holy Spirit, a lot of people will choose Jesus, especially if you are living in this part of the world where we are. You want Jesus around you. And the truth, let's be honest with ourselves, is not because so you just want companionship. Mm -mm. You just want to be able to borrow his hand to slap somebody in case somebody, you know, tries some drama around you. You just say, Bros J, borrow me that hand. Let me just quickly slap this person's mouth shut. But you know, choosing the Holy Spirit is wisdom. Choosing the Holy Spirit is wisdom because Jesus walked with the Holy Spirit. He got instructions straight from the throne room of the Father. He knew when to speak. He knew when to act. He knew the heart of people because it was revealed to him. That is the depth of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, it's, it's actually better to choose walking with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we'll move on. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. The, the Passion Translation says, calls it bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart. So it means that um, it's not bad to be competitive. It's not. But if it is hiding in your heart, it breeds jealousy. 
because you're not saying it like, ah, I'm a very competitive person. Oh, let's try and let's let's do this together. Let's work at this, and you know, together we win. It's more like I'm going to outsmart you, and I'm going to get the better of you. No, it breeds jealousy because guess what? If the other person now wins over you, you get angry. You get angry. You get angry because instead of um, instead of seeing that. I need to deal with this thing. I need to deal with it. It's, it's breeding jealousy. You, you'd rather choose a phony life. That's what the Bible calls a phony life. Denying that you are actually jealous of the other person. That is not wisdom. That is not wisdom. You know, as I was reading these scriptures, there was something that came to my mind. You, um, you know, where we are, in this part of the world again, um, when cars collide, there's an accident or something. You see everybody coming out. You hit my car. You hit my car. Big, big English starts to fly back and forth. Then it most likely ends up with, do you know who I am? Ejo, Toriolo, who you be? Who is you? Who be you? Ejo, explain yourself. Because if you have to ask us, do you know who I am? It means that you're a nobody. Hello, good news. <laughs> because Portus doesn't need to tell us, do you know who I am? The president of the United States doesn't need to say, do you know who I am? No, everybody knows who he is. At least most people should know who he is. But when you ask, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Then it means that you're not actually as important as you think you are. It's not actually as important as you think you, you're not actually, rather, you're not actually as important as you think you are. Just exchange your insurance um, connections and, and move on. But no, we start to ask, do you know who I am? Do you know? Then boasting begins. Then pride comes in. Then arrogance comes in. And all the works, everything just comes in, in just that little drama of you hit my car oh i'm sorry i hit your car how can i fix it i think that would have solved it but no do you know who i am it really doesn't matter who you are at that point it really doesn't matter you know solomon was so wise his wisdom was sought out solomon was so wise his wisdom was sought out let's look at first kings chapter 4 verse 34 first kings chapter 4 verse 34 says people came from every corner of the earth sent by kings who were fascinated by solomon's wise reputation to listen to solomon's wisdom people people came from every corner of the earth Solomon did not have to say, do you know who I am? I'm the wisest man. No, 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 no. His reputation, his way of life preceded him and people heard. He didn't have to go out and say, I am the wisest man that ever lived. I know everything. No, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. His wisdom spoke for itself. Because guess what? In addition to the wisdom that God granted him, God also gave him largeness of heart. Largeness of heart. We see that in 
in 1st Kings chapter 4 verse 29 1st Kings chapter 4 verse 29 the Bible says that God gave Solomon wisdom the deepest of understanding and the largest of hearts the largest of hearts the largest of hearts his wisdom came with the largest of hearts because it's so easy to get corrupted by what you know if it is not managed by the Spirit of God. If, if your heart is not large enough to accommodate what you know, it's easy to get corrupted by it. So God gave him everything, the deepest of understanding and largest of hearts, the largest of hearts. And I pray that God will give unto every one of us desiring wisdom the deepest of understanding and the largest of hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So let your lifestyle define who you are. Let your lifestyle define who you are. When your lifestyle defines who you are, your reputation, like Solomon's reputation, will precede you. You get to a place and people say, oh, you are the, and they mention your name and you're like, you know me? And they say, yes. We've heard about you. And then, you know the statement we usually make, good things, I hope. And then they say, yes, actually, good things. Good things, because your reputation has preceded you. So first of, and foremost, you are a child of God. I am a child of God. That is the most important thing. The same price was paid for you and I. So boasting that um, you have first degree in applied maths, you have a second degree in applied physics, you have masters in uh, applied chemistry, everything is applied. Excuse me, who is it helping? It's not helping anybody. It's not helping, it's not useful to humanity if it's not useful to humanity. If you've just gathered all of those wealth of knowledge for yourself, it is not useful. It's not helping anyone. It's not helping anyone. Boasting that, you know, we are the ones that see vision with our eyes open. Congratulations. Who is it helping? It's not helping anyone. Wisdom says, live humbly. Live humbly. So the question is, who is your vast wealth of wisdom helping? Is your vast wealth of wisdom preceding you with good reputation? That is the question we all need to, you know, wrestle with today. I'm going to take a quote from a teaching by Andy Stanley, which we learned recently at the Workers' Seminar. It says, those who devote themselves to themselves will ultimately have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. I'll take it again. Those who devote themselves to themselves will ultimately have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. So as Christians, as believers, we need to devote ourselves to others because we are better together. Praise the Lord. We need to learn to live with humility. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 34 again says, People came from every corner of the earth, sent by kings who were fascinated by Solomon's wise reputation. 
who were fascinated by Solomon's wise reputation to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Solomon, Solomon was gentle at heart, you know, and, and the wisdom, the amount of wisdom Solomon had, Solomon could speak, he could speak on anything, on birds, on animals, on nature, on just name the topic. Solomon had that much. He had that much. He had that much wisdom, yet he was gentle at heart. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we move quickly now. Um, the next part we're looking at says, twisting the truth to make yourself sound. To make yourself sound wise. Let me take that again. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It is the farthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish plotting. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throats. So twisting the truth to, to make yourself sound wise, it's not wisdom. It's far from it. It is foolishness of the highest order. Foolishness of the highest order. There's no point. There's no point. You know, and I always say to people, when people are lying to you, don't lie to yourself. Some people twist the truth so much that they twist it, then they believe the twist and they, they sell the twist to others, you know, with so much confidence that if you're not spiritually discerning, you would actually absorb that twisted truth. But God will keep us spiritually discerning in the mighty name of Jesus. They, amen. They carve the story so much that they look like superhumans, you know, like Voltron. Like Voltron. And, you know, the Bible says, it's not me, it's the word of God. It says, twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It is the furthest thing from wisdom. It is animal cunning, devilish, devilish plotting. The description of this kind of behavior is so deep. Animal cunning, devilish plotting. And it's not talking about unbelievers. It's talking about believers. It's talking about believers. So as believers, we need to be extremely careful. Extremely careful. Say the truth as it is. As it is. Just say it as it is. Why are we trying to, you know, look better than others? There's no point. Because guess what? After you've tried to look better than the other person, things fall apart. Chino Achebe, if you know, you know. Things fall apart. People trying to look better than the other and getting the better of the other person, things will fall apart. That's what the Bible says. Things will fall apart. Everybody will end up at each other's throat. Jealousy, strife, envy, every kind of wahala busts and breaks out meanness of the highest order and the cycle just continues you know it's like a wheel just keeps going around and around and around and around until somebody stops it and that person is you and i and god will give us the wisdom in the mighty name of jesus amen so my dear brothers and sisters we're on eagle's wings so we are on eagle's wings and like someone said at the vigils there's no seat belt on eagle's wings. So when you're trying to push somebody off, remember that you're not wearing seat belts yourself so that you don't end up being the one falling off. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Instead, hold each other up. 
and together we win because none of us is as strong as all of us. None of us is as strong as all of us. None of us is as anointed as all of us. None of us is as wise as all of us. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life characterized by getting along with others. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we begin to apply real wisdom? So with permission, I'm borrowing puppy's wealth will. By the way, people of God, that wealth will. I don't know how to describe it. It is one of the simplest yet deep, yet um, instructive diagrams I've seen in my life, I dare to say. It's very simple, but it's actually applicable to life in every sphere. It's actually applicable to every sphere of life. So I'm borrowing it for, this, for the purpose of this teaching. You know, and the will is the covenant, the mindset, and the practices. The covenant, the mindset, and the practices. So the covenant, we all need to realize that we have been purchased by, we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And this has made all of us spiritual Jews. The blood that purchased me is not lower than the blood that purchased you. It's the same blood of Jesus that purchased you and I. So we are in the same covenant. We are blood relatives. We are together. In this walk with Christ, we are together. Praise the Lord. And since we are together, we need to begin to change our mindsets. We need to begin to change our mindsets towards others. And as we change our mindsets, it will in turn affect our practices change our mindset and, you know, focus on the fact that other people exist. Other people exist and we become the means to an end, like Andy Stanley taught us, you know, you become the means to an end. So when we look at the mindset, part of what Papi taught us was, number one, the covenant mindset, which I've already talked about, which is the fact that we are purchased by the same blood of Jesus. We're purchased by the same blood of Jesus. This very same blood of Jesus purchased you and I. It purchased you and I. Number two is the abundance mindset. Solomon showed us this by demonstrating a large heart. And you know, Papi, every time I look at him like, ah, how is this man even able to remember everybody's name? is able to remember that I had this conversation and this was what I said. Largeness of heart. Largeness of heart. And largeness of heart comes from thinking good thoughts, pure thoughts about that person. When you think good thoughts, you think pure thoughts about that person, you remember what is going on in that person's life. You know, one of the things Papa has also told us in recent times is that people in our lives are a purpose. They're in our lives for a reason. Um, um, until we begin to embrace that purpose and that reason, life will make sense. We're in it together. We're in it together. We are blood relatives. Together we win. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the third mindset is the contentment mindset. That's Yoruba. And it means the sky is big enough for all the birds to fly. Do not pull down your brother or your sister just so you can get ahead. The sky is big enough. The Holy Spirit is big enough to fill our hearts with innovative ideas. Every man to his own calling, but together we are better. There's no point pulling down the other person just so that you can, in quote, look good. No. If you are called to a particular area, focus. Focus on it and grow and fly. We're on eagle's wings. We're on eagle's wings. We rise. We rise. And once we can fly, you know, as Papi taught us, we are going to learn to fly so that we can carry others. But how can we carry others when we are busy pulling down the other person that is trying to learn how to fly? Come on. We can do this. Together we win. You learn how to fly and you fly very well. You swoop down, you pick up the eaglets, take them up and teach them to fly. They fly again. And the whole earth is filled with us taking over our spiritual Jews. And God will make this so because we rise high, never to come down again in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So our practices include, like Papi taught us, learn to earn. And the way I have, I'm going to explain it here is learn to earn and gain real wisdom. Like Papi shared on Sunday, surround yourself with wealthy people. Surround yourself with wise people. Surround yourself with people that are iron. Iron sharpens iron. Don't, you're, you're an eagle. Leave the chickens. Leave the pigeons. Leave, leave those ones that are pecking and looking for earthworms to eat. No, you're an eagle. Surround yourself with fellow eagles. Listen, people that criticize and criticize and criticize, they're chickens. Because an eagle looks at you and says, you can fly. You're not flying, you're, you, come on, you can fly higher than this. But the chicken looks at you and says, not only you come this world. Okay? No, 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 wrong company, bad company, bad, 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 bad company. You need to sit down and evaluate and surround yourself with eagles so that when you see them rising, you are rising as well. And it is not, you're, you're not rising out of jealousy, you're rising because, yes, if that person can do it, I can do it as well. Praise the Lord. And number two, slow the spend. So for me, this is slow the spend of time with people that at the end of a conversation, you're not only depleted, but they have money to deposit garbage. In fact, not only slow it, stop spending that time. Stop spending that time. There's so much to achieve in life. 
that you spend time with people that will just be offloading garbage today, garbage, tomorrow, garbage, kilo day, you're not just being now. How far? When you draw the line, when they come with their garbage, and you say, ah, the garbage bin, the, the garbage truck just left. <laughs> you're in the wrong place. They will get it because you know who you are and you stand for who you are. And they either rise up to become an eagle or they fall out and remain a chicken. And then you choose other eagles to soar with. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the third one is paying the price. Verse 18 in the message version says, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other. Treating each other with dignity and honor. So it is hard work to get along with other people. You know, and I'll share the story of my family. Seven children, it's hard work. How do you say to people, if you have more than two children, hey, well, two is company, three is crowd, seven is, hey, you can give it a name. But guess what? The seven, I'm glad for the seven, even though one is late now, but I'm happy because it was fun having so many siblings to play with and fight with and grow with, you know, because till date, everyone is still sharpening each other, but it is hard work. It is hard work. And that is for people that, you know, were biological siblings. For those of us that are covenant siblings, it is still hard work because we have different personalities, different backgrounds, different upbringing. It is the hard work, but we must pay the price. We must pay the price so that we can have a healthy and robust community that lives right with God. A healthy and robust community that lives right with God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A healthy community that lives right with God. So at this point, I think we will be welcoming Papi in the house. Hola, hola mi papa, I can't hear you. Hola. Hola Sal, your voice is very far away. Okay, <clears throat> what about now? Hola. Hola, okay, so <laughs> I will struggle to hear. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm a star. Como esta? <laughs> Bien. <laughs> Bien. Bien. Yeah. I can hardly hear you. Oh wow. Okay, let me let me check my sound setup. Um audio settings. Uh I'm at I'm maxed out actually. I'm maxed out. Okay. <clears throat> I can hardly so, hear him. So it's, it's from your end, it's not from my yes. end. Yes, yes, sir, they fixed it. I can hear you loud and clear now. Okay, okay. Fantastic. Well done. Thank you, sir. Amazing teaching. 
<laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I liked how you um, linked it with the wheel, <laughs> wisdom with the wealth wheel. I think that was beautiful. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. I have a question. While we wait for the online questions. Only one. <laughs> Only one, but that one is deep. It's very, it's very, um, okay, let me shoot. <laughs> okay, so the world right now, via social media, etc., they seem to encourage twisting and adding Jara to products and services. You know, I'm a business person. So speaking from a business perspective, how do you balance this? Because you see people and they are saying things and I'm like, huh? That ain't true. But how do you balance this? Because that's what the world is gobbling down. How do you balance this? Mm. Where do we start from? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a lot of marketing, unfortunately, there's some feedback. I think I think your audio your room is pretty loud for you. So okay. it's coming back into your mic. Okay, so let me mute myself. Okay. okay. Now perfect. Yeah. So this thing is perfect now. Even though you are mute, but they still need to work on the audio because your speakers are entering into your mind. Anyway. Um A lot of advertising or advertisement is acting. Is acting. And the principle of acting and drama is make-believe. So the principle of drama or acting is make-believe. So in the in the theater world, it's not seen as lying. When you ask a drama that is based on an untrue story, but it is sweet, you know, and it's very interesting, engaging, you know. But the, the, the foundational story is false. It's just fictional. Right. Even when it's based on a true story, they will tell you based on a true story, which means there are a lot of, you know, extras that are need, you know, but generally it's based on that story. Now, when you leave the theater space, because you come into advertisement, Usually, the same crew and the same training and the same background. In fact, the models sometimes cut across, you know, people that are actors, you see them advertising, film producers that have shot films, you see them behind big adverts. Now, the production house may differ, but make believe cut into advertisement and make believe 
the advertising experts will say, let's start with something very simple. Joy girl. When we're growing up. <laughs> hey, joy girl. <laughs> you, know, you know joy girl, right? It's possible that that joy girl never used joy so for her life. She probably mm. just had good skin and she must have used other products maybe that have enhanced her skin and her skin was really good. So as a model, she has to act and do a, a, a script which objective make believe. So Moses with the soap tells us that the script is is that true? Lori Ro. So, so it, it, it could be something that basic that some advertisements in the US, for instance, right now, you will see a caption that these are not actors, these are real customers, you know, when they are giving their saying, oh, this product worked for me this way, worked for me that way. So they will say these are real customers. They are not actors, you know, and try to just say that this is authentic because everybody just kind of accepts that for you to push your products in the world, you have to embellish that product and package the product to look better than it really is. Otherwise, it will not sell because your customer is packaged his own. The product is not as good as yours, but it's not better than yours. So where do you draw the line? Mm -hmm. I think that's the question. Yes, sir. But, but I'm saying to you, fundamentally, it's based on make-believe. So, what do you do as a business person? What do you do? Are you going to Photoshop? There are some products that when you get them, you're like, it doesn't even look like. What's the song? Adverts, yes. Yeah. You know, so if you're saying as a business person, what do I do? Should I? embellish my narrative so that it is more appealing to the world? Or should I just say it as it is so that it's not as appealing to the world? If you're in business, people, what you discover is that people usually by experiences. People, people really don't, people, yeah, they buy the products, right? And the product should, we try and deliver on the, on the, on the projected experience, but people will buy an experience. So a bottle of Coke, Coca-Cola, for instance, the person that is drinking it is, ah, oh, so refreshing. The person that is buying it, when he's drinking it, 
in his mind is living out that refreshment that he has seen. But if he were to be true to himself, the thing is not as refreshing, <laughs> you know, as it is, you know. So people want to feel, they want to feel in a certain way. So you have someone, because um, Michael Jordan has is, is worn a t-shirt and is athletic and is looking great in that, you know, and 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 they say, you know. Um, we are winners, we don't back down. You see someone that has a pot belly that has not exercised all his life. He will wear the same t-shirt, but it will, will feel like Michael Jordan. It will feel like that image. So he's buying the experience. He's buying that, oh, I'm wearing a Michael Jordan, um, Jordan sneakers, you know, and his stride will change. His stride will change. Will begin to, you know, to bounce. You know, you know why does the stride? What is his stride not changing when he was wearing slippers? He's the same guy with the same legs. So he was actually buying that experience. You see, and in a way, if you look at it, life, the world is so hard. People are going through so much that business people have discovered that. If you sell them a life for them to feel better about themselves, you know, <laughs> it, will, it will actually, it's, it's a win-win. We make more money, they feel better about themselves, and the world is a happier place. Hmm. I'm just giving you the different hmm. dimensions. So I don't know if you want to say something about what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying ah. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I did tell you that it was a very, um, it's a question with plenty children. Yeah. It's a question with plenty children. And yes, you have shared a lot. And I think that what I hear, what I'm taking away is that. With plenty children. You, and yes, you have shared. You, as a business person, first of all, would ask yourself a very simple question. I'm in this business to make profits and I need to advertise. So as a Christian business owner, I will do advertisements in a way that I know that I can stand before my creator and not say, <laughs> I sold these people a lie because number one, my product works. So I will come up with a narrative that the world wants to hear and believe something that is believable because it is what works. And like you also said that you need to sell experience. So there are people that have used it, like you shared on Sunday, when you gave out your products, Oga, take it at 10%. Just let my name, let me get your name and your logo and put on my, on my CV that yes, you are using it and then you keep sharing it like that. And so of course, mm -hmm. with that, you can actually use those names as an ad that these people are using it and they are satisfied customers. So yes, it's not twisting the narrative, but actually selling real products using what people can believe because it's what they're already seeing that, oh, there is a big company that is already using it, then it is working. 
it must be working for them to be using it. It must be working. And if they haven't dropped it yet, then it is working. Then it is a good product. So you don't want to sell um, your products in a boring way. You want to sell it in a very creative and a dynamic way that the world can understand and grab. So that is not twisting the story. It is not twisting what you can do, but it's actually saying what you can do in a way that the world can understand it. Yes. So that is what I've gotten from it. Okay, so so <clears throat> you um, one of your products is the air products, right? You have air products, and honestly, air products are amazing. Oh, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had a chance of. Um, a Kim Kardashian that has never used your air product to pose with it and say just on Twitter or on Instagram, this air product is amazing. Look at my air. Would you take that or not? Ah, uh, I will give her a yes supply <laughs> free of charge. <laughs> Okay. I will give a, a yes supply free of charge. Oh. It was the answer. Absolutely. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you so, so much. Okay. Um, do we have any online questions? I don't see any. Okay, so we don't have any online questions. So I don't know if you want to add um, to the learnings of today. We would like to hear from you, sir. Well, I think... I think it's fantastic, um, the teaching, um, um, well covered, the illustrations are, you know, apt, you know. Um, I think if I would say anything, uh, it's just to um, emphasize what you have already said, you know, and that so many things, but what's, if I have to pick one, it, it would be that it is, it takes hard work to make relationship work, you know? It takes hard work to make even covenant relationships work well, you know? And, and that is big, you know? So we have to be invested in, us, in ourselves and go the extra mile, yeah. Absolutely, thank you very much, sir. Thank you so, so much. Okay, so over to you, sir. Um, well done, Pastor Lake. Um, God bless you, I mean. Amen. This teaching. Thank you, everybody, and um, God bless you for joining us. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace every single day of your life. And so it is and shall be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So God's favorite house is a year of lifting. And we are lifted all the way on eagles, on wings. eagles wings. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Tell it in the cause of